to the Management Insights Podcast with your hosts, Phil Meidlack and Brad Hansen. You're about to hear from two proven leaders with over 50 years of combined experience with the goal of helping leaders and teams break through to the next level. Phil and Brad take a practical, easy to understand and fun approach to tackling everyday challenges. Here's Phil and Brad. Today's topic, as you and I have discussed, uh, is we're going to call it Culture and the Protected Class, which uh, I think that's kind of a, a fun little title. How about you? Oh, I love that. When when, uh, when I saw that text come across, it piqued my interest because that protected class, uh, boy, that's, that's, a, that's a great title for something that exists everywhere, right? Within... <laughs> Within almost any type of organization, and families, and small businesses, and large businesses, and it's it's uh, and it's one that probably deserves a little bit more uh, conversation than we've given it. Certainly, yeah. And and again, I just want to repeat what Brad said. The protected class is, I mean, it could be in your families, right? Yep. Uh, uh, it could be uh, the leadership team in an organization. It could be uh, a family company where you know there's various family members. And protected class simply means that if there's people that are kind of above the fray, in other words, um, they're they're, uh, allowed to provide feedback, but they're really not open and receptive to receive feedback. Well, ultimately, that's going to erode the culture and that's going to prevent the organization from being able to attract and retain top talent. It's going to disable a high level of passion and engagement. And so Culture is one of these things that Brad and and the leadership team there has in, they've really been intentional about working on this forever. I have two in the companies that I've owned and in my coaching, my leadership coaching practice, making sure that we continue to pay attention to an improved culture is a, a constant. It just never ends. And so what Brad and I wanted to do this morning is just talk about culture and really pull together the themes that we've experienced over decades of uh, working inside of organizations. My goal for you would really be to try to identify a thing or two that uh, that you can connect with and say, you know, that is the, the challenge that we're having in our organization. And, and hopefully there'll be a great couple suggestions that may be able to help you improve culture uh, within your organization. So that said, uh, Brad, any other opening comments? Otherwise, we'll dive in. Yeah, well, I just wanted to uh, to say, listen, the reason, because you are right, we have spent a lot of time uh, as an organization intentionally having discussions around this topic. And that sounds maybe like we're patting ourselves on the back, but it isn't that. It's more of an admission that we understand that if we don't, it, it our, just the way we're wired, human nature is that most people will stray pretty quickly in, unless you, and you know, I almost refer to it as a, as a self audit of saying, guys, if, if we don't have conversations about this topic, if we, if we're not open to giving and receiving some candid feedback, it's, it's just it's sooner or later you'll revert and you'll, you'll kind of go off the rails. So I, I wanted people to understand that's, we, we've kind of selected this as a, as a topic that we're always talking about not because we're so great. It's almost because we know that if we don't, uh, we're, we're at great risk of, of really kind of falling back and, and not continuing to, to grow and evolve. And, and I really liked the one last thing before we jump into it, the word that you used, and it's interesting because I just received an email two days ago. Uh, we do constant, um, surveying of the, 
of how we do as we provide support to our customers here at Go Engineer. It's it's something that's so important to us, uh, so much so that we've bought, brought in some outside consulting to help us really understand what it means to engage with a customer and, and create more than just a customer service type of experience, but really take that up to where you create loyalty with your customers. And and I've, I've had a lot of people ask me, well, what does that really mean? And how do you define that? And I've never really known how to answer them, but I got an email two days ago that now will forever give me the answer that I've I've been looking for. And basically, a customer had called in with a with an issue uh, using some software, and and they had their experience. And in their survey response, they their summary was, "Hey, this was fantastic. Your your team members made made me feel valued." That was their that was their yeah. whole sentence. And I thought, "Wow, that's it." Like that's the thing that I haven't been able to that's put it my right there, on. but but yep. that's ultimately the greatest thing we can do with anybody that we interact with. And and if you think about all of us in our experiences have been on the side of feeling valued uh, within our family, within our companies, within uh, school, and we also all unfortunately have experiences of not feeling valued. And it's it's it is everything. So I do, I love that that's the word that you used, and I hadn't even shared with you that I got that email a couple of days ago. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that in. I'm glad you shared that. And and you know the the, the beautiful thing about what you said is you know any organization that I work within, if they're if they're underperforming, there is an element of cultural improvement that's really required. And, and all it is is an, an awareness, right? It's a sensitivity to other human beings and and the health of your relationships and. And that, that's really, it, it's not any more difficult than that. Uh, there's an engagement that, well, I, I would say any engagement I've been in th- that was, uh, we have to improve performance. The underlining theme or current is we have to improve our culture because when people feel valued, that's the key. That is the key principle. It's just making sure that the folks on your team feel that, know, not just feel, but they also intellectually know that you really care about them. You value their contribution. You value their intellect. You value their critical thinking. And when you can get that point across, boy, your team's going to ultimately be stoked. They're going to be super passionate, super engaged, and they'll ultimately walk over hot coals and cut glass for you. No, absolutely. What, what you can accomplish then just is so exponentially greater than, you know, than anything you could do by by taking the approach of, hey, this is, uh, it's my way or the highway, or, or there's there's only one way to do things, or because we used to do it this way, it's the only way we'll ever do it. All of those things can apply, right? And uh, yep. and, and just being able to kind of remove that. And again, it's difficult. It, our human nature for most of us is not wired this way, Phil. So I think that's why it's such a, a great topic to, to kind of keep it top of mind. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing I, I want to share is the most difficult thing that I ever did in running my business. The number one most difficult thing I ever did was creating alignment around the core values of our organization. And it sounds like that should be a simple thing to do, but it's like catching air. Yeah. Yeah. What I wanted to ensure was that every single employee in the organization was treated by their manager the exact same way that I would have treated them. Yep. Would you agree with that, Brad? Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Yep. Isn't that isn't that the most difficult thing? Just it to is. make sure everybody treats everybody according to, you know, the cultural expectations and norms of the organization. 
And in fact, I've got, and I think we, I maybe shared this on one of our prior podcasts. So I, I apologize if uh, it's a little bit of a repeat, but it, it's so absolutely appropriate for what you're talking about. I remember as I, uh, you know, for most people that have listened to any of these know, I've, I've been involved with Go Engineer for now going on almost 22 years. And I've had multiple roles within the company. And about eight years ago, um, I took over as the CEO of the organization. And the, and the role before that, I was still very, very involved uh, in very similar types of meetings and settings, but I, but I didn't have the CEO title. And as I, one of my first goals as I got that uh, uh, opportunity was to go around and spend time in each of our branch offices. And, and we have seven or eight different locations. We're geographically spread, spread out kind of through the, the west and the south of the of, of, uh, United States. And so getting out to those offices and just spending some time with the, the amazing people at Go Engineer was really the first thing I thought of that I wanted to put on my list of things to accomplish and do it on a bit of a regular basis. And so I remember doing it for the first year. And I, as I was out there, I tried to have just one-on-one uh, meetings that were impromptu. They didn't have an agenda. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't asking for any specific. I just wanted to kind of get to know what people thought about their their job, uh, the, the company, the partners we worked with, the technology we used, all of it. And I remember coming back um, and reporting to a couple of my key managers here. And at, at the time, I'd, I probably met with almost every employee, and I think probably we were around 100 employees at the time. And I was just, I was just talking about how you know amazed I was, and and then later in the meeting, we, there was a discussion brought up about some of the uh, trials and and troubles that we, the company was experiencing in different areas, and a couple of the personalities and names that came up of folks that were maybe not aligned with the core values. Back to your point, that that we had set out as a company, and I. And I actually pushed back and said, well, no, 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 I, I've met with a few of these individuals and they seemed fantastic and they were on board and they were, you know, kind of saying the right things. And, and a couple of my key managers who luckily were very courageous and willing to tell me the truth, they said, hey, Brad, that's fantastic. But what you don't understand is when you're, when you're not in that office, that's not necessarily the way they're behaving. And, exactly. it, and, it, and it was this naive, I didn't even realize that that was something that goes to your point, you know. You, you've got to be authentic, all of us, you know, from from the from the CEO down to the the brand new hire. And, and if if you can get that, and if that authenticity is really rooted in what the the core values of the organization is, then you'll you'll be able to accomplish any goal that you set out for yourself. And if it isn't, whatever gyrations you put in, and whatever systems and processes you try to do to force it, I, my experience is it just will never work. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, just a couple thoughts on that. You know, our our friend uh, Ken Clayton, he's in charge of worldwide sales for uh, the SolidWorks brand within Dassault Systems. So he's got a uh, a reasonable amount of responsibility, right, yeah. Brad? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> so, but it's funny. I mean, he he uh, the three of us are really cut from the same cloth, right? We believe this to our soul that culture drives performance. And um, when we talk about, you know, the most challenging thing there is to do inside an organization, and there's lots of challenging things, but it's getting people to understand, you know, core values aren't just something that leaders, you know, cook up, put on a wall, and then they're done. They check that box. They have to make sure if they're going to have a healthy culture, they have to make sure that uh, we're evaluating ourselves as well as our team uh, and it doesn't have to be a, a, a difficult evaluation process, but just asking ourselves, hey, listen, is that behavior, 
is the way I communicated that message, is that in alignment with the core values of the organization? Because yeah. if it is, you know, we're going to build, protect and preserve our culture. And if it's not, we're going to do the inverse, you know, that our culture is going to slowly brick by brick erode. And then eventually, I mean, that's ultimately a leading indicator to future performance, then our future performance is going to start to erode. But uh, Ken Clayton calls, um, you know, gaining alignment and having making sure that all the leaders are treating people in accordance with the core values or in, a cult, uh, in accordance with the cultural expectations. He calls that the fudgesicle principle. And, and, and when he and I were chatting about it one day, I said, well, what, what exactly does that mean? He said, well, think about it. When you bite into a fudgesicle all the way through, it's the same color, where if you were to bite into an ice cream bar, it's it's chocolate on the outside and vanilla on the inside. Yeah. So in other words, you know, hey, on the outside, some of us are aligned with the core values, but on the inside, not so much. So I, I, I love the, uh, I don't know if that strikes you the way it struck me, but it's like, yeah, we have to be the same color. We have to be authentic all the way through the yeah. organization for, yeah. for this to work. But so keep principle, culture drives performance. Cultural health is a leading indicator to future performance. Um, to simplify this too, because it's not complex, uh, you know, healthy cultures, really, there's just a couple ingredients. One is making sure that we have healthy relationships. So one of our priorities to ensure that we have healthy relationships is to invest in the development of those relationships, assume the best in others, treat others as you would expect to be treated, right? These are not complex principles here. Right. But the larger organizations get, you know, they lose sight of that. Uh, sometimes uh, pride and ego, uh, that gets in the way as people become more successful or if they're in positions, you know, that are considered to be protected class. They're at the top of the, you know, the org chart or they're a department head or an owner of a company. And so we have to really be careful as I don't really like the term protected class. I would never want that to be a word that's used to describe me. If I'm a leader, you know, I want to be described a little bit differently. But in organizations, the higher you go, sometimes people get full of themselves and they lose sight of the fact that, you know, they're no different than anybody else. Yeah. You yeah. know, and if their organization is not going to erode and it's not going to stall out, you know, they have to, you know, they have to give, you know, what, a common theme that I see, Brad, in organizations, you know, over the years, my organization that we had to work on, yours as well, uh, I'm sure, and then so many other organizations is that leaders do a wonderful job uh, speaking candidly and evaluating different areas of the organization, uh, but they don't, uh, they don't turn that lens on themselves to say, all right, how do I, how am I doing relative to the same criteria that I'm established, you know, I'm evaluating others by? And so it's unfair and it's imbalanced and, you know, they're not getting the feedback that they need to make corrections. And I'll make another statement and hand it over to you, Brad, because I know you have some some thoughts on this. But, you know, several things that I, I hear sometimes from leaders in organizations where, and even if it's, it's not a leader, but someone uh, in an organization that isn't, you know, they might feel defensive or they might be defensive. Sometimes they'll start out a conversation and forewarn you and just say, hey, listen, I got to let you know, I'm just a really direct communicator. That's the way I am. I kind of call it like it is. So, you know, hopefully you're okay with that. And then really virtually 100% of the time when someone tells me that and they start out a conversation, I got to stop them in their tracks and just say, okay, I just want to do a check here. You know, I love, I really appreciate critical dialogue and direct communication. But when people tell me what you just told me that, hey, listen, I just want to give you some advance notice. I'm really a direct communicator. Generally speaking, that's a code word for 
I'm going to be an ass. The way I communicate is disrespectful. And so is that what you're telling me? Are you, do people view you as an ass based on the way you communicate or are you a respectful and compassionate communicator? So that's one thing that I hear a lot of times people hide behind, you know, their disrespectful approach uh, or treatment of others. They'll hide behind and say, Hey, listen, I'm just a direct communicator. Yeah. You know, deal with it. This is just who I am. And that's, you know, and, and it's, uh, oh, it's amazing. And you and I have talked about this before, but it really becomes this crutch uh, that really, you know, disables the what we're talking about. It, 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 it almost throws up this wall of, hey, I just said this. So now everything else is out the window. I don't have to play by the same rules as the rest of you. I don't have to be held accountable. For, I don't have to be respectful or yeah. compassionate of your yeah. feelings yeah. and emotions. Yeah. You know, which you're apparently not supposed to talk about in business, but I don't subscribe to that. <laughs> and, and, the, and the irony there is um, it, it isn't, again, it isn't that the, the fact that if they want to be a direct communicator, to your point, you say, fantastic. Direct communication can be really, really effective. And um, But if you're using that as code to say, so now I can just, you know, kind of tee off and, and it's okay because I framed this discussion with heads up, I'm a direct communicator – the, the, what they don't really realize is most people just shut down, right? Like, so yep. all the direct communication in the world is not effective if that's how it's coming across it. Back to one of our original uh, comments on this, on this podcast, it, you don't feel valued if somebody is being an ass, like you really don't. Right. And, and so then whether the, the communication has some validity to it or there's some and it may very well have something. It, it, it's not effective. So now you've just wasted a whole cycle. You haven't built a relationship. You've probably torn down a relationship, and uh, and you're you're just spinning yeah. your wheels. So, and a lot of times these are people that are good people and 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 well intentioned, right? But they just yeah. need to be able to have someone hold a mirror up in front of them so they can see, you know, so they can be aware of the the energy that you know this invisible force field that they're given off and how others are responding to it. So just because somebody says it doesn't mean that they're an ass. It might mean the way they're communicating is disrespectful, yeah. discompassionate. Yeah. And, you know, to help that individual to coach them up, it will increase, it'll take that talented person uh, and take them to just incredibly new heights once they realize that, you know, relationships are important. You know, even though that's a soft thing and a soft skill, Let's let's face it. That's all there is in this world. It's, it's we have everything. products, but you know, it, yeah, it people build everything. them, they invent them, they produce them. Absolutely, and you know, it's uh, it's interesting when we talk about a protected class. When I look over many years of helping organizations with cultures, uh, the, sometimes the biggest, the absolute greatest challenge in an organization is to work with a leadership team. And and oddly enough, that's pretty much all I do. But um, <laughs> most most leaders are are very. At least the people that are drawn to me and vice versa, they're people that are very open and receptive, and that's why they're reaching out. Occasionally, you'll, you'll, you'll bump into a, a leader or two or a team where they view that you know the problem or the challenge, the reason we've stalled out as an organization is literally 100% everybody else's problem yeah. in the organization. They're not doing their job. That, that lack of self-awareness, right, which is something that, to your point, the maybe the, the more successful you have been in your career or at an organization, the longer you've been there, you tend, if you don't check this, you tend to get less self-aware, uh, again, human nature, of mm -hmm. uh, new opportunities, different ways of doing things. 
And again, if you think about it and take the emotion out of it, it makes sense why that is. If, if, you're, if you've been successful and you've helped an organization get to a point, right, it kind of almost seems like, well, I, I know how to do stuff. I, I'm the smart one. I, you know, it's my opinion. I'm the one who, and, and the reality is, sure, you may have some great insight. You may have been very effective in helping, but the moment you cut off the opportunity for others around you, both those who have been on the journey with you or new new individuals who have joined your team, you've completely restricted your future growth opportunity. And that's, you know, that's the thing that people miss out on. So th- this kind of self-awareness, and I, I think one of the things that as we have utilized you, Phil, um, and especially within our quarterly operational planning meetings as a company, and for those of you who might not be aware of that, what we'll do is we'll gather every quarter of uh, a subset of all the different types of employees within our organization. So sales will be there and management will be there and uh, the technical folks will be there. Uh, employees who are new, employees who have been with us for 15 years, we'll, we'll get a good cross-section in a room and we'll just talk about what's working really well within the company so that we can protect that stuff and what, what isn't working as well. And in any company that is growing and changing, and all companies are growing and changing or they're shrinking and changing, there's always new opportunities and, and new obstacles. And, and so one of the things that you encourage the group is, hey, you, this permission-based dialogue and this permission-based feedback is really the best tool that you can use. And so you're really yeah. kind of asking permission. Are you okay to, if I give you some feedback? And again, if you look at the traditional role, that might be what the manager, that's they, they think, hey, I'm supposed to give the folks I'm managing feedback. And absolutely, that's one of the best things a manager can do. However, to really make that the most effective it can be, that same person needs to, and this is something that you've gone over time and again with our team and with me as an individual, the most powerful way to do that is say, by the way, I also want to flip that around and I want to give you permission to give me feedback and communicate with me about my areas of weakness and my blind spots because we all have them. And once somebody really, really trusts that that's sincere and not just a checkbox thing, the value that they feel goes through the roof. And, uh, and it's just yeah. the most powerful way that you've shown us to kind of stay. And, it, and it's tough. You have to intentionally stay on top of this, Phil. Yeah, no, it's, that's, that's really great. And, and the, uh, the permission-based feedback, sometimes I call it, you know, permission to speak freely or whatever. And just to, to let the listeners know, sometimes there's people that, you know, they really, they're really good people. They, they want to do their best and they might have some insecurities that, that really, you know, when they receive feedback, boy, it's really hard to hear. Not that they don't want to hear it, but makes them feel bad. They come across as defensive. And sometimes, you know, I'll just have to ask them, hey, listen, I've got some feedback. I've got made a couple observations that will really help you grow. Are you in a place where you're, you know, you're that you'd like to hear it? I mean, would you like if, if you don't hear it, obviously, it's not going to help you. And if you do hear it, it'll help you grow. But you got to be open to that. And, uh, you know, we don't want to dance around it and take forever to get this feedback out there. So I'm not saying that if someone's not open uh, that's just a way to help kind of get that door open. Uh, they're probably going to hear it next week anyways, if they said no this week. So. <laughs> but, but, but it's, it's, that's really important. And then the other thing is to be, to add an extra point to what you said, Brad, um, when you're the leader, people, people just naturally struggle. You know, they don't, they don't know where you're at in terms of receiving feedback. And so I do this to this day with my team. Hey, give me feedback. Um, you know, if you see any inefficiency, anything whatsoever, I don't care what category it fits in, but if you see any feedback that would help me improve my efficiency, my impact, the organization of our team, let me know. 
And but I can't just say it once, you know, and then I, I'll tee that back up a decade from now. I got to make sure until my team does it and it's part of everyday communication, me as the leader of, of my little pack here, they got to know. Phil's open to feedback. He's asking for it over and over and over. And when you do that, then it becomes a habit. That's kind of like the training wheels. Then you can stop asking, take the training wheels off the bike and, and your team is going. So part of it is you have to create safety, right? When you ask, you have to create safety. I, I've got to tell this, uh, I've got to tell this little story. I was coaching a gal uh, for a short amount of time who ultimately was in a very high, high up position in a multi-billion dollar organization and was um, hired me to help her uh, prepare to be the president of this organization. And she ultimately didn't get the job. And her boss, you know, when I collected some feedback from her boss and and her boss's boss, so this is a multi-billion dollar division of a, a very large organization. And that was my discovery work before my first coaching session. And I sat down and this gal was amazing, uh, you know, super brilliant, super capable, very competitive. I mean, she wanted to do a great job and, and, and win for her, her team and her organization. And uh, uh, so we sat down. I said, what do you, what would you, you know, how would you define success as a result of our, our work together? And she said, um, she didn't say I want to be the president. That wasn't the ultimate goal. That came out a little bit later. But she said, you know what? I ask my team all the time for feedback and I don't get it. And I said, well, why do you think that is? She says, I don't know. I said, do you think you're coming across sincere, you know, that you really do want to receive feedback? And she said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm certain I do. I said, do you really want to receive the feedback? And she said, absolutely. Why? You know, well, then she won't grow. And so all the answers were the right answers. You know, check the box three times. She got uh, all those answers correct. I said, so, all right. So what I'm hearing you saying is you're asking people, you're providing that opportunity and they're not giving you feedback, but you, in fact, are open and receptive to receiving constructive feedback. And she said, absolutely. I said, okay, great. Well, why don't we dive in? Let's test that theory. And she looks at me and her eyes are like as big as saucers. You know, <laughs> okay, what does he have in mind? I said, I spoke to your boss and I spoke to your boss's boss and I've collected some input. And obviously, you know, according to them, you're a rock star. There's just a couple areas that we want to focus on for improvement. And, uh, and I said, okay. And so I shared the feedback from her boss and her boss's boss. And all of a sudden, this was 12 minutes into my very first meeting with her, and we're in the same office. And, and all of a sudden, uh, I, you know, after seeing her nonverbal cues, you know, her body just went on high alert. You know, her facial expressions, her body language, everything told me that she didn't really want to receive the feedback. And I said, hey, what happened just now? And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, we're 12 minutes into working together. And you said you're open to receiving feedback. I shared feedback, which was mostly glowing. And there was a couple little areas that needed to improve. And when I shared that with you, your eyes got as big as saucers, your face contorted, and you just wiggled around and squirmed in your chair. Uh, and, and so I'd like to know what happened to you physiologically. What's going on? She says, well, nothing. And I said, well, here's what I'm reading in 12 minutes. Uh, I'm no longer going to give you any feedback that will help you grow because uh, I think you're a super nice person, super sweet and intelligent. Uh, you're completely not open and receptive to receiving constructive feedback. And because of that, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Therefore, I'm not going to give you feedback and you're not going to grow. Hmm. Consequently, she didn't get the promotion. Yeah. We stopped working like we had two more sessions and she really 
even though intellectually she knew she was supposed to be open to receiving feedback, emotionally she wasn't in a place where she wanted to receive feedback. And I said, so, uh, so I, after, after that, she says, no, let's, you know, let's keep doing this. And I said, okay, you know, obviously I'm being a little bit overdramatic, but that's about the way I said it. And I said, let me, let me um, ask you to do something. Let me give you a little homework assignment. And she said, okay, what's that? I said, I want you to go home and ask your husband if he thinks you present yourself in a manner that suggests you're open and receptive to receiving his feedback. And I want you to go ask the president, the person you report to next Wednesday on your weekly one-on-one, if this person believes you present yourself in a way that suggests you're open and receptive to receiving feedback. And then tell me the answer. And she emails me Wednesday afternoon at the end of the day. She says, I don't know how you did it, but you're 100% right. Hmm. Nobody, nobody thinks I'm open to feedback. And so that's the reason she didn't get the job as the president, because if she's a protected class all in, in her own, she's going to single-handedly, as the president of an organization, stall out the growth of that company. She just doesn't have the, you know, the leadership maturity to see that yet. Yeah. What are your what are your thoughts? No, I, again, it's it's so it's so powerful, and it's it's interesting because I'm actually reading a book right now about body language, and so just listening to you talk about how you pick up on that, and you know, the the crux of this is our reactions are the best truth tellers. Uh, you know, our kind of physical reactions to uh, to conversations and to questioning uh, kind of are, are the best tell. And, it, and again, it goes back to the it, it goes back to this, Phil. It, it's it is, and, it, and I think we, we say this over and over to help maybe take the guard down a little bit. It's human nature. Like it's, it, I think if people understand, I'm not a bad person because I get defensive. That's just kind of how we're wired. So now you just got to figure out some tools to work through that and and kind of, you know, conquer it because it is, you can. And, and oh my goodness, I'm surrounded by people who have just become amazing at this, but it's through effort and through intentionally being aware of it and talking about it and being open to, you know, to, to getting better and maybe having a little bit of a setback and then improving. And if you're willing to do that, then all of this stuff is very, very doable, but it is, you know, it is, we're kind of wired to, to, to be just like this gal and kind of say, well, yeah, sure. You know, who's, who's not going to say verbally they're open to feedback, right? Every, anybody with, you know, smart enough to say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll say that I am, but to really be open requires effort <laughs> for, right. for most of us. So, well, there's nobody who's going to answer that question and say, nah, yeah. I don't want any feedback because <laughs> exactly. they just voted themselves off the yeah. island, you know, but um, yeah. And, and I want to just make sure it's, I was not rough with her. I was kind, but I was, you know, I just wanted her to understand. I wanted to make a point that, you know, even though intellectually you feel that you're open to, you feel you're sending a message out there that says, yeah, I'm totally open. I'm checking the box and I'm asking people, but you got to sell it, especially if you're a leader, because people are nervous. Yeah. Given critical feedback going up the chain. Yeah. It, and so you've, you've got to sell it. Yep. Hey, listen, I, yeah, I really want your feedback to help me grow. And, and, and then, you know, that has to be visible to your entire team and the t- entire organization. Well, and the, the, the thing that I really liked about that story is, uh, is it, it kind of perfectly summarizes and in, in, in full transparency, Phil and I received some awesome feedback, um, just last week about, about how we're doing these podcasts and, and uh, the individual just had a request that at the end we do a bit of a summary, a summary of you know two or three of the key points that that we were trying to get across, and I loved it, and I feel you did as well. 
And that story to me summarizes my three points that I had thought about. And one, you have to communicate respectfully. That that's a you know that's like a an entry fee into any success in in this arena. If you can't figure that out, I, I just don't know how you're going to get past the starting line. And to your point, even though it was a difficult conversation, you still were able to absolutely communicate respectfully to this individual. Well, and she knew that I cared about her success too. I mean, I did. And as somebody who's worked with you for 14 years, I can tell you, this is one of your superpowers is, and and it's, I'm sure something that you've worked on. It probably was a strength anyway, but just how well you do it, I would imagine that you would intentionally have worked on that. But for for our listeners, it's, you know, it, it sounds kind of soft and, you know, almost too, you know, it's like, oh, that's not real business, but really it's, it is real business. It's, it's, it's the core of the best part of, of succeeding at real business. Uh, the other thing is just this self-awareness and, you know, in the story, it took some time for her to be really become self-aware, right? And, it, and, I, and my belief, I don't, I don't know this individual. It's not that she, you know, thought she was getting over on anybody. It's not like she was intentionally lying, but there is this you know, self-awareness that you have to be open to, to go through and it requires your willingness to kind of push outside your comfort zone and, and ask for that permission-based feedback. And that, that's really the third point. And that permission-based feedback, again, it goes both ways. If, if you're going to be one who's going to, to give it because of your role or because of what you want to provide for the organization, the most powerful way you can give it is by also receiving it. And, and I think, again, the, the trick that Phil taught me years ago was in the moment that you need to give it is the best moment for you to say, hey, by the way, I also need your feedback. And so even allow them to maybe go first or let them know for sure that yep. this is going to be a dialogue that's not just you only telling them something, but you, and it just something about that takes down the the walls and it makes, it just makes it feel so authentically like really what you're trying to do is just better a situation and not nitpick at an individual. So... I don't know if you have anything to add, Phil, but those. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great yeah that's that's a great point. If you ask, if you're speaking with somebody who struggles, you know, with defensiveness, you know, ask, ask, ask over the course of you know a couple of weeks, and then and then you know they've given you feedback, you show appreciation, then say, hey, by the way, I, I first of all, I appreciate all the input you've been giving me. That's that's been really helpful. Are you open to receiving a little feedback yourself? You don't have to say it exactly that way. But you've created safety and, and authenticity. So, yeah. And again, I just want to be clear. I don't I don't want to I didn't hope I didn't sound too rough, you know, telling that story because she, she knew she needed someone to be in her life to be the catalyst to kind of get directly to the point and, and do it with respect and compassion, which I did. And, and I asked her to kind of anchor what I was trying to teach her by getting feedback from from her husband and, and also from her boss. And uh, so any rate. Uh, I do have a question for you, though, Brad. You had said uh, this might sound soft. Do you think anybody's described <laughs> me as soft? <laughs> Respectful and compassionate, not, yes, not but not Anybody soft. Anybody who spent any amount of time with you, either one-on-one or in a group setting, knows for sure. It, it is, uh, it's not yeah, – I like that. But it is very respectful and uh, and very effective. So, very And very compassionate, too. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm – I like to think I'm a really kind soul, but, yep. but you know, it's, it's funny here too. And I know we're, we're way over time, but here's one last thought that I'd like to share with people. And this seems a little bit random, but when leaders, and we've talked about this on a previous uh, podcast, but it ties to this leaders in my view are being discompassionate if they don't provide feedback that yeah, will help somebody absolutely. grow. Absolutely. Right? So 
it, it, sometimes it feels like we're not being compassionate if we give them feedback that, you know, it's, it's critical feedback, but let's look at it this way. It's critical feedback to help another human being grow. To enable their success, right? Absolutely. Individually and, and then collectively for your organization. And that's, yep. boy, that's powerful. Yep, yep. So, okay, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, boy, Brad, I hate to say this, this is 37 minutes. So I think uh, <laughs> anybody that made it this long through the podcast, Brad and I just want to give you a sincere thank you. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, yes. <laughs> yeah, congrats and thanks. But uh, again, as usual, if you have any suggested, uh, if you have any feedback for Brad and I, we appreciate it, how to make these podcasts better. Um, and if you have any suggested topics, we'd appreciate that as well. My name is Phil Meidlack, and I can be reached at Phil at mydlackmanagement.com, M-Y-D-L-A-C-H, management.com. And I'm Brad Hansen, and I can be reached at bhansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, at goengineer.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Management Insights Podcast with Phil Mydlack, Executive Coach, and Brad Hansen, CEO of Go Engineer. Check out the complete list of Management Insight podcasts. And if you have a topic you'd like Phil and Brad to address, email your suggestion to phil at mydlackmanagement.com. That's phil at m-y-d-l-a-c-h management.com. Management Insights, helping leaders and teams break through to the next level.